Hello, Brown, and welcome back to Japan by River Cruise. I'm Bobby Judo. And I'm Ollie Horn. And joining us this week is musician Serafina. In addition to being a musician, she's also a Tokyo based model, actor, TV personality, and currently the lead singer of the band Enity. Sarah has worked extensively in pretty much every facet of the Japanese music industry, including writing two of the official songs of the Japanese River Cruise Association,、uh, Keelhole My Love and Rusty Sail. Serafina, thanks for joining us. And thank you for having me. On this week's show, Serafina is going to introduce us to the fascinating world of Japanese rock music and its various subcultures and fandoms. And Ali and I are going to introduce her to the fascinating world of Brian in Fukuoka. Let's do this. Plus, Ollie's got your weekly River Cruise recommendation. Ollie? Yes, Bobby, this week's recommendation is one for the single and ready to mingle community. As part of a post vaccine marketing push, dating app Bumble has launched the search only for fully vaccinated matches feature and is encouraging new dates to meet in outdoor and socially distanced locations such as river cruises. Later in the show, I'll play my interview with the cruise experiences serving exclusively middle aged frontline healthcare workers. Cabinet politicians and foreign company executives who recently took a six to eight week trip home. Also, in light of the news that foreign Olympic athletes have been disappointed by the lack of tourist activities arranged for them during their stay, we've pulled some strings to organize an Olympic visitor cruise. It departs from the Bay of Tokyo and it doesn't come back. More on that later, but first, soap talk. Ollie, second week recording in your new digs. Are you settling in okay? I think I'm settling in okay. I think my audio quality is better this,、uh, this time. I'm now trying to think about how I can make my background look like a proper streamer. You know, we always have guests who have like really nice things behind them or like cool LED lights. Serafina is currently, currently flexing with her beautiful cottage core swag. Serafina、yeah. looks like she's, she's on the inside of a tree stump in some kind of fantasy novel. <laughs> I also have my name written in kanji on the wall. Oh, that's cool. Oh, what do you do for your kanji?、Um, this is not actually the kanji that I use. This is like kind of manga style kanji. What's really nice at this juncture is me.、Uh, Mentioning that I'm trying my best with audio quality because we get so many people moaning about it. That's exactly the point where Bobby asks our guest to gesture behind <laughs> something such that she's move, so move far out of the reach、microphone. of the mic. I don't even know if that was audible. So,、uh, my apologies. <laughs> no, no, it's absolutely not your fault.、Uh, I, I put the blame squarely on Bobby. Actually, Sarah Frida, something,、um, is there anything you can talk about off camera? Would you mind just going to your kitchen and describing what's there? <laughs> Keep the mic where it is, please. <laughs> All right, hold on. I'll just be right back. No. <laughs> So, Serafina, you're based in Tokyo, but you look like you're based、uh, in some kind of tree near a swamp. It just looks like so. Well, I, it's really hard to describe what's going on、uh, in, in your setup. Honestly, that's the goal, though. But we know that you're in Japan because you also have one of those、um, kettles which stores the hot water、uh, amongst、oh, all the other knickknacks. <laughs> I didn't realize <laughs> that like, was in frame. <laughs> yes, there's lots of really nicely placed knickknacks and also a, a kettle.、So. A hot pot. Yeah. So, Serafina, on this show, Ali and I have a long history of kind of like talking about the behind the scenes of talent agencies and modeling agencies here in Japan and our experiences with them.、Uh, we complain a lot. I understand you're actually doing something to help people who are kind of disadvantaged by the talent industry here. Yes, I'm trying to at least. Can you tell us about it? So, what I'm doing is trying to create a, it's almost like a group therapy session, but it's pretty much、um, doing management and kind of the same thing that an agency would do, but doing it amongst ourselves.、Um, no, more than anything else, like a lot of models here, especially foreign models, Like、we, we get treated pretty terribly, as I'm sure you both know. Yeah.、Um, 
And so dealing with agents, dealing with really, uh, like, not everyone is terrible, but dealing with some bad agents or casting directors or clients or just staff in general being treated like cattle on a shoot, um, not being able to get something across, uh, not having a manager there to help you when you're in trouble. There's just so much that can go wrong. Yeah. And so much that can go wrong not just for work, but also in your personal life. As a foreign model in Japan, depending on the visa that you have, you might not be able to have a part-time job, so you you might not have a lot of work one month. What are you going to do? Um, you might be feeling really lonely or like really desperate because you don't have any family in Japan. There's no one that you can talk to about things. So I want to create, I'm trying to create a community that has pretty much everybody just help each other. Like, mm. If you have the capacity to help someone, do it. And that should be the job of a good agent, shouldn't it? You know, to not just get you work, but also to fight your corner, to make sure that your, you know, your living conditions are, are appropriate, to, to to make sure that they're kind of your professional advocate. And I think too often in Japan, the agents, uh, at least the dynamic of the agent is that they're not, um, they're not working for you, but you're working for them. Pretty much. And so I can, def I can definitely see, and particularly so many people move to Japan to do this kind of work so young. Right, seventeen, eighteen. I moved to Japan when I was twenty-one. I had no idea what to do when negotiating a lease for an apartment or setting up a bank account. And I, you know, I, and I was, I'm probably in a in a more privileged position than many other people who 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 come in uh, to do this kind of work. And so, what's what's been the the reception? I imagine there's lots of people that understand this need and, and want to help. Well, for the most part, everyone thinks it's a good idea, and a lot of people want to be included in it, but they aren't really. It, it's still not quite as up and running as I want it to be. It requires everyone's effort, not just me doing this by myself, but yeah. as a group, as a community. It, I want to create a community of creators. So we, not only are there models who come here specifically to model, we also have people who are, for example, copywriters. I have a copywriter friend who does DJ work and also is absolutely gorgeous, like 180 centimeter tall, like Scottish like goddess woman and she does modeling on the side and so it's kind of a do your do your thing on your time no stress and like we like work together to help each other grow and help the community grow support each other if like for example i've got two groups right now on just like um just like line where one of them is for work one of them is personal and for the work line for example i get asked a lot do you have any model friends that can do this or do you know any mm -hmm. djs or like i get yeah. offered work that's not always directed at me which you know it's a client that i've worked with before someone that i trust um can't continually use me for the same thing otherwise it looks like they only work with me and so or maybe i don't fit their image for their next particular job right. so they're they want a blonde girl they want a girl with long hair i've cut my hair short and so i have the opportunity to put that into the group and see who's available and if anyone's interested and then reply to that person with who is available and see if it works out and like especially in a time right now where work is so tough and in um in an industry where everyone sees each other as a competitor or a, a rival, like an enemy, we're not. Mm. We are, like, the client has an image. Either you fit that image or you don't. There is yeah. nothing wrong if you don't. It's just not what they're looking for at that particular time. I think Japanese agencies think that way as well, except the difference is that they think that way in terms of the foreign models or even the Japanese models as products and not as people. You know, we need this product to fit this specific role. And 
the treatment of, of the talent is as a product, which means they're not looking out for your interests. If you have that mindset that you just articulated about, you know, sometimes you fit a role, sometimes it's better for somebody else to have that role, but you also bring in the human element where you're taking care of each other at the same time, that would be amazing. With the experience that you have, do you, do you ever think that this might grow into an actual agency or a business? As soon as Corona's over, I feel like it really could. Um, but like, as I said, it's really hard for me to just do it on my own because I also am human and I also will get overloaded and stressed out. Um, as of right now, I am doing this by myself. So the, the photo shoots and the jobs that I have coordinated, I always go to take care of the models and I go to make sure the client is happy. I go to make sure the model is happy. I go make sure if there's any like, like I, I have a lot of food allergies and up until now, most agents haven't been quite keen on telling the client that I'm allergic to something. So for like bento or snacks, you have to be careful about this, that and the other. Yeah. But I always make sure of that and I negotiate and just try to keep everybody happy. And during the shoots, I also do model direction. So if you're doing the, it all like currently by yourself, where can people yep. like find out information about it if they want to follow the project? I'm currently working on a website, but I'm also teamed up with a salon that's been helping me uh, and I'm waiting for approval from them to like launch the site. But for now, honestly, just contacting me directly on any social networking and I can like if we talk, I'll like we can go out for coffee. Tell me about yourself um, or we can Zoom. If you're worried about Corona and tell me about yourself and what you want to do. And more than anything else is I want to make people's dreams come true. That sounds really cheesy. It sounds really dumb. But if you work towards something, I feel like you really can do anything that you want. And that's one of my goals. You want to uh, DJ at a really big event? Let's work towards that. Like, tell me what you want to do. You want to be a painter? Okay, let's get your paintings in like an exhibition or have them displayed at like um, a cafe or something, like something to forward that step. This is uncharacteristically positive, this <laughs> podcast. So, so rarely do we have a discussion about the entertainment yeah. industry, which is like, achieve your dreams and do it. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I want to help people achieve their goals. Oh, we just kind of wanted to talk shit about somebody who tweeted something <laughs> we didn't like. Sorry, we, we were exclusively focused on our own goals to care. Uh, although this is actually a very nice segue uh, to people that are helping us achieve our dream, uh, which is to earn a... What is our dream, actually? Our dream is to keep this podcast sustainable. I guess that's... that's that's as, To turn oh, no, this into something bigger. that we do uh, for a job instead of just as a hobby that neither one of us really enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, yeah, we, we want to hate doing this, but be paid to hate to do it. Uh, <laughs> We, 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 want to, we want to do this while DJing at a big event in Tokyo. <laughs> uh, so, so all the people that are, that are helping us, um, helping this podcast become even more of an emotional burden uh, by increasing the pressure to perform. We love and you. Thank you. something every week. Thank you very, thank you very much. Uh, we've got four people to thank. We've got Enrique, who claimed two magnets. It's um, Enrique, so Ali. It's Enrique. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Well, I, I, all right, fine. I mean, thank you, Enrique, for, for your for your magnates um <laughs> also edo became a member kumiko became a member and melanie sumner became a member uh thank you so much and also specifically thank you to kumiko who referred to becoming a member as doing the needful which is <laughs> which is exactly exactly how it should be referred to if anyone follows our twitter you'll know that we're being pestered uh by some company that's looking to get some backlink for their blog uh because we are one of the top 
10 River Cruise podcasts in the world. They've managed to find six. No, no. We are one of the top 10 River Cruise podcasts on the web. So they on haven't the they haven't taken into account the ones that aren't on the web. <laughs> all, the, all those offline podcasts, they're going to creep into the rankings the moment they digitize. I can just tell. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we're currently at number four. Uh, if you want to help us get to the number one spot, then please continue to tell your friends that we are the number one uh, destination among six uh, for River Cruise <laughs> Insights. Uh, and with that, let's jump into the River Cruise News. Bobby, this week, another episode where we talk about something I know so little about. It's not going to stop me from butting in, though. What is in the news this week? Well, I noticed this week that there were a lot of Twitter posts coming across our feed about the anniversary of the death of a musician known for his work with X-Japan and his solo career as well, a musician named Hide. And when I started looking into it, I was really surprised not only by how influential he was in Japan, but by the number of and the passion of his fans in the immigrant community. Currently, Serafina is showing us on her webcam her Hide Museum <laughs> t-shirt, her Hide doll. Uh, it sent me down this whole rabbit hole of, of this huge culture in Japan that I didn't know anything about, but Serafina is an expert on. In fact... Sarah, I remember you telling me that Hide was your reason for coming to Japan. Is that true? That is absolutely true. Let's start there. All right. Um, I'm going to try to make this a really long story as short as I can. Uh, when I was a kid, I got into Japanese language. And so my uh, high school, uh, no, I was in middle school, uh, upperclassman gave me a mixed CD. And she was like, if you're going to study Japanese language, you should listen to Japanese music, like not getting into anime or manga, but... What are those offline MP3s? We've heard all about Oh, them. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the the CD, it was a mixed CD of just a whole bunch of uh, Japanese rock music from like the mid-80s to early 90s. And one song on there just blew me away. I had been listening to music that my dad had had me listen to pretty much my entire life. And then mm. all of a sudden, this one song called Rocket Dive just literally blew me away. It was amazing. And when I, I Googled the name of the artist, this brightly pink-haired, sugoi flam... Like, I, why was... Hold on. Sorry, that was weird English and Japanese. No, like, no, no a, worries. <laughs> this is, this is where Brian and Fukuoka goes, I know that word. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I usually rant about him in Japanese, and I get very passionate about it, so my languages will mix. I do apologize. <laughs> no, no. But, like, it just it blew my mind, and looking at his appearance, he was extremely colorful, and I couldn't tell upon just, like, looking at him or listening to their voice. Like, I didn't know what gender the person was at the time. I was just like, this, this chick is pretty and just very <laughs> colorful. <laughs> weird voice i'm getting like david bowie energy is that how how a good equivalent i mean visually yeah pretty much okay so let let's start here because i think a lot of these artists in in a certain category of japanese rock and roll um are kind of defined by being pretty so 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 what category would x japan or hide or or artists like you know yoshiki or or, or gact or people like that do, are they visual k what is visual k Visual K is technically it, it didn't exist when X Japan started doing music. They they were originally kind of copying hair metal bands. They like X Japan members were heavily influenced by Kiss. Yeah, if that gives you a good so idea, like, like glam they, rock kind of. Yeah, and so visual appearance was a big thing. So that 
became Visual K, and they kind of started the whole Visual K scene, but it began to change, like, as as one does, once something starts to sell, you cookie-cutter it with a company until it dies, like... So, like, all of the new Visual K bands are called VK, and I have no idea half of them. It's still popular to this day. It's extremely popular in the States in certain places, as far as uh, I I know. Like, if you know it, you know it, kind of okay. thing. But I'm not really into that. Um, I I guess I'm more into the older Visual K, the original... I, 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 sound like one of those what do you call it so this is another thing that like I, i've i've gotten into this rabbit hole on twitter and there's like i found this this cringeworthy tiktok video of a girl who's like 13 saying this is what visual k is this is what vk is but it seems like one of these things that people gatekeep and they go well this is my visual k and this isn't your visual k and this is what visual k is and this band is and this band isn't is there a lot of like snobbery behind the scenes? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a band actually called Nocturnal Bloodlust. This is really weird. Um, and I have a lot of respect for them. I've only heard a couple of their songs. I've never been to any of their shows, but I just I hear things among musicians about how people used to give them crap for being visual K, but originally they were a metal band. Their sound is still metal. They just put on makeup and changed their clothes and became like visual K. But that got them so many fans that they were able to then take off the makeup and clothes and just continue being a metal band, but they're still considered Visual K, I guess. I'm not sure. VK? VK? Whatever. But, like, it, yeah, it sells. So here's here's what I learned in, in my six hours of research that I did for this, um, <laughs> which largely consisted of asking Rada Sensei, because uh, she's a huge, uh, she'll, get, she'll get mad if I get this wrong, I believe she's a huge Yoshiki fan. Um, also, don't forget the TikTok research as well. You did Bobby. the TikTok research, yes. Um, no, I watch thirteen-year-olds on TikTok just uh, just normally. <laughs> That's that. I think you should get help for that. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> try to figure out what not to let my kids watch in the future. Um, Acceptable. <laughs> so, Rada Sensei linked me to uh, an article on the guy who coined the term Visual K, uh, Hoshiko Seichi, who was inspired by X Japan. And it was basically ex-Japan, this band, that he started a magazine to kind of almost cover them. And the article, the interview with him said originally it was called Okesho K, which just means like the makeup type. It's just like the makeup type of band. And it mm. seems like his answers here kind of seem to indicate that the, the main thing that set it apart in the beginning was appearance, was makeup. And also the fact that they looked androgynous as well. Isn't Extremely. That, is for me, when I think of Visual K, or when like I, I also did did some googling. Oh. everything that seems to unite different Visual K styles is this idea of like gender fluidity. So I think maybe David Bowie or or kind of like who do I want to say like Twisted Sister or Kiss or kind of like the these glam rock stars that were playing with um, kind of gender boundaries in their appearances would be decent yeah. Western corollaries, but. But when I see kind of like Gact on TV, Gact is a musician who's still a super huge TV personality. He reminds me of kind of like like Roland. Okay, so Roland is kind of taking after Gact, but like in he's taking he's taking Gact's image and doing his own spin on it, kind of. So there is Gact and then there's Roland. They're both very different, but also extremely similar. 
and they're both really smart. What what strikes me about them is that their whole appearance as public figures, as Roland is not a musician, but but Gact is, and I think their public persona is about the celebration of wealth and beauty and luxury in a way that seems different from musicians portraying themselves in the West. Like like I think about like Robbie Williams or or like Adam Levine from Maroon Five or people like this. They're they're super wealthy and they're pretty, but I think they attempt to express a Western kind of masculinity that involves kind of like roughness or toughness with a little bit of eyeliner for good measure yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) everything that we've been talking about so far has been focused on the appearance which i guess is the main definition of visual k but but what is it about the music like musically how would it stack up to kind of western rock and roll or or other genres of music well for for example x japan most of the members were influenced by western music and that's where a lot of it was coming from. So mm. um, X Japan was influenced really heavily, like I said, by Kiss. But when Hide went off and dis- did his solo, he was really into Nine Inch Nails, um, a New York hardcore hardcore band called uh, Oh, why am I forgetting their name right now? Biohazard. Okay. Um, like Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, like he was into a bunch of different music, and you can hear it in his solo music and like his progression out of X Japan into his solo career. Each one is different kind of working towards more Western style. And he even before he passed away, created a new band with three Americans, including uh, one of the members from the killing joke. I think oh, is the uh, name of the band. Zilch. Yes. This was in my six Zilch. hours of research. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I read that he actually, before his death, had spent time in America. Like, his, his final few months were in the States. And I suppose that speaks to the fact that this style of music, it's been so influenced by rock and roll around the world. And I'm sure that that influence went both ways, too. That Do, do you think that this was the start of, of a culture or a generation of inter, internationalized young people? I, I think that, honestly, if Hide had lived the music industry would not be the same as it is right now around the world. It would be completely different, to be honest. Hide, uh, Yoshiki as well, they both lived in LA. I believe Yoshiki still does. But he just, in general, Hide wanted to bring Japanese music to the States, but wanted to bring more Western music to Japan. He created what was like Japan's first music festival called Hide Indian Summer Special, where he had like BMX performers a oh, wow. whole bunch of like food stalls he had fashion shows from like all of the he used to be a beautician he went to school for it so he had like beauty school students come and do hair shows fashion shows and had like a full-on festival in japan at um chiba marine marine stadium which i believe is now called zozo stadium mm-hmm. uh but that was before japan had music festivals so he was using computers when they first started coming out. He was doing like graphics and he was always one step ahead of everything. And I feel like he could have changed the music industry if he really, if he had one, really put his mind to it, really wanted to and to live to do it. It sounds like his, his music was a fusion of a whole bunch of different influences and also his creative life in general, which seems like something that, that you vibe with very, very strongly. Just kind of hearing about what your plans are uh, for Tokyo in Motion, the help network that you mentioned in Soap Talk. You you want to be able to tie all of these different creative endeavors together into a community. 
Is that kind of what he was doing with his music? Not just his music. That was what he was doing in almost every aspect of his professional life, as far as I could see. Like, he influences my life extremely. He had an incredible stylist. Uh, The stylist had somebody, um, the stylist, I believe it was her sister, who created a lot of the clothes that Hide would wear. And thus he had her create a brand called Lemonade that was his clothing brand. He also, because he was a beautician and went to beauty school, he had his own personal salon on top of the store that they originally had in Amolte Sando. So it was a store called Lemonade, and on the top they had a hair salon called Squash with his hairstylist. He also worked with incredible musicians to create a back band. So his first solo tour, he had um, a guitarist named Ran Kiyoshi. Uh, He had... Uh, Chironin for bass, Joe for drums, Ina, who was the, um, he did like electric percussion and sound, like noise making, I forget what it's called, uh, but he like did a whole bunch of work for, like through extra, he's been working with Ina from like when he was in X Japan for all of their music production as well. So he, he and Hide together made Hide's music. Wow. So he would work with people not just based on like, oh, this person has a, a big name, so I'm going to work with them. It was, oh, this person has a lot of talent. I yeah. want to work with them kind of thing. He saw people for what they could do and wanted to bring them to their full potential. So the the knowledge, the trivia, the things that you remember, and then the passion and the speed with which you're talking about this, to me is like, it clearly communicates how much of a super fan you are. And it, it's not... It's not just you. I mean, these, not just Hide, not just ex-Japan, but musicians in these categories inspire incredible devotion on the part of their fans. Is there a sense that it's more culturally acceptable to to be as devoted as a fan here in Japan than it is in the West? Yes. This might be saying a bit much, but I feel like Japan has a lot of don't ask, don't tell as well. So if you are like a huge as they would say in the idol community, if you're an otaku and you're like an idol otaku, so you're really obsessed with an idol group, you're not going to go and tell your coworkers about it. But like after work, you'll get changed into your 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 like Oshi's collar t-shirt and bring your sidum and like go and do your furitsuke at the show and yeah, then go yeah. and take a, like 10 checky photos with them just to support them. And then and, spend like $100 on a towel. Yeah. But like idol fans, idol fans are like in both, oh no, like the, the best and worst ways. Crazy. Is this a legacy of Visual K then? That, that it's not just a legacy on, on music, but it's also left an imprint on how people interact with artists that they love. And did it set up a, bru- a blueprint for uh, management with Deep Pockets to generate this kind of obsessive fam- fandom artificially around idol group i definitely think that's part of it like a lot of selling idols is selling their looks or selling the girls and a lot of visual k was also selling them for their looks like a lot of visual k bands i mentioned how the idols take uh checky the polaroid pictures visual k bands are known for doing that as well actually like nowadays a lot of my friends or a lot of people that i follow on instagram actually still go to visual k lives even now in covid they're doing it and Mm. you take two shot checky or you take like you you buy a random polaroid out of like um like a pile or something and then if you don't get your member you go and trade with the fan that has the member that you want or something but it's pretty much <laughs> yeah but but visual k doesn't predate idols i think idols predate visual k 
I think they do, but not in the sense of the idols that we have now. They have, like, pop idols. Like, it's usually a single person or a small group, but, like, Morning Musume or AKB. Yanko Club. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I believe the culture is a bit different now. Bobby, I've got an idea. I think we should do Polaroids next the merch yeah and yeah. and if you if you don't get the the member that you like you can then trade it with another brand <laughs> <laughs> all right I, I guess we just start with yours <laughs> you also have to have the hazare like the the oops you got this checky kind of thing where it's just like a picture of a cup or something yeah yeah, yeah, like, yeah. oh that's that's a thing like the the members will take photos of things that are not them and everyone wants the photos of the girls or like the the, the member right yeah. But if it's not, if it, it could be something completely different, like yeah. this is my backpack. Right. Uh, and people will still be like, oh, it means I have to buy another that's def- one. That, that's definitely going to happen. We're, we're going to start <laughs> flogging these Polaroids. I'll, I'll post a picture of my microphone and go, oh, I guess you want to swap it for the picture of me. No, you're, no, you're good. What, whatever you do, just please do not write into the show asking for a picture of Ollie's member. <laughs> Hey, thanks very much for listening to this episode 82 of Japan by River Cruise. Don't forget, if you haven't already subscribed to the show wherever you're listening to this, we release a new episode every single Friday. And despite all evidence to the contrary, we really enjoy doing it. <laughs> Thank you to our guest this week, Serafina. Sarah, uh, you spoke mostly as a fan on this show, but you're also an accomplished musician in your own right. I'm going to go into radio DJ mode here and say, all right, well, first of all, I want to thank you guys for inviting me on the show, and I would like the audience to have a listen to our song Say So, and our band name is NED, so please check it out. NED de Say So, okikikudasa. Yesterday